Hello from the ABA Mid-Year Meeting 2019 in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm Sharon Nelson, a Legal Talk Network co-host of Digital Detectives and also of the Digital Edge Lawyers in Technology. And I'm John Simic, also a co-host of Digital Detectives. And I'm Bob Carlson, the president of the American Bar Association. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. Thank you so much for joining us on On the Road. It's a pleasure to be here in the city where everything you do stays in Las Vegas. And today we're talking to ABA President Bob Carlson. Bob, tell us a little bit about yourself, your your own practice and what you're doing for the ABA and whatever else suits you. Well, thanks, Sharon. I am from Butte, Montana. I come from a firm of five lawyers and one of counsel. We do all forms of work, but primarily I do products liability defense work and insurance coverage defense work. Sounds great. I know when we lectured out there, the lawyers all came to the CLA in the morning and the division in the afternoon was those who were going horseback riding and those who were going fishing. Does that sound like where you come from? That sounds like I where I come from exactly. I'm more of a fisherman than a horseback rider, but that's about right. Okay. <laughs> that's me, mine too. I take, I take my fly rod when I head west. Yes, indeed. Well, for our first topic, I think what's on everybody's mind these days is the shutdown, which temporarily is over for three weeks. But can you tell us a little bit about the effect it had to date on federal and immigration courts and what you think will go on three weeks from now if no deal is reached? Well, first of all, we're happy that the government has reopened and that the hundreds of thousands of federal workers will uh, be start being paid for their work and will be able to return to work. The impact from this shutdown had a very harmful effect on the federal courts. Uh, and while the government is reopening, at least temporarily, more than 50,000 hearings have been postponed in immigration courts during the shutdown, forcing people who waited years for their day in court to possibly go to the end of the line and wait a couple more years. To help lawyers affected by the shutdown, the ABA offered free pleas to lawyers that were impacted that were on furlough. The offer remained open through February, even though the government will be reopening. It's a small way where the ABA tried to help our fellow lawyers uh, during this difficult time. And the CLE programs were on a wide variety of legal issues, such as ethics, disaster response, cybersecurity, and were open to non-members as well as members. What will happen in three weeks if the government shuts down again? It will just compound the effect. And we issued a statement this afternoon urging Congress and the president uh, to reach an agreement in the next three weeks uh, to keep the federal government open. We think that the already existing immigration court backlog, if the government closes again, will be even worsened. And we urge our elected officials to come to a resolution of their difference over the next three weeks to avoid another such shutdown. Due process and a fair justice system depend on it. And this is beyond just immigration courts. This affects every aspect of the judicial system. I know courts in my area were, during this shutdown, were stopping civil proceedings, civil trial proceedings. So uh, litigants who were waiting for their day in court weren't getting it. Uh, I know cases involving the government were shut down. 
These impact real issues of due process, both on the civil and criminal side, and the system really can't afford to take it. Another item I, I know that are of interest to our, to our listeners, Bob, if you could tell us a little bit about the, the new membership fee model that the, the ABA is going to be rolling out. Well, it's a great value-added proposition, both for our current members and uh, for new members. Uh, first of all, we're going to provide over 600 topical, timely, excellent CLE programs as part of your membership dues. We're providing access to the content of the general practice and solo division and the law practice division. You can join for free. You don't have to be a member to get this content. Uh, We're providing uh, access to more material. The ABA produces somewhere in the neighborhood of 5,000 articles, blogs, and research papers each year relating to areas of concern to the practicing lawyer that will help them better their practice. We're making that available to them. We're going to be able to curate the material, which means provide material to each member based on their specific interests and needs, where they want it, how they want it, when they want it. Well, let's talk about ABA Law Day. Um, As an annual event, I know from time to time it has a theme. And um, what is this year's theme? And for those who don't even know what ABA Law Day means, maybe you could explain that. Well, ABA Law Day is uh, put on by our uh, public education uh, division in coordination uh, and with assistance and collaboration from state and local bars around the country and from high schools and communities around the country to provide civics education on, on areas of importance to the law and the Constitution. This year's uh, topic is free speech, free press, free society. Uh, We think it's an important, timely topic to talk about. We have a great committee chair, Lucian Perra from Tennessee, who's a First Amendment lawyer, has served on the journal board, very talented, creative uh, person. Uh, We're going to have a very entertaining educational program to basically talk about both sides of this issue, but to reemphasize the importance of free speech to this country and the importance of a free press, which, as President John Kennedy said, it's the only business that's specifically guaranteed in the Constitution. So recently, the, the ABA launched a, a new website. And I know being a, an ABA member myself, we've seen some issues there a little bit, and it's been rough, but that's a big undertaking, a big project to, to launch something of that magnitude. But how's the launch going over, overall? And do you have any, anything you'd like our listeners to, to hear on that? Well, first of all, uh, the homepage of the website is very modern, very fresh, easy to use off your phone, your portable devices. It really pops. It really comes at you in a visual way that's that's very modern, that's hopefully appealing to uh, both the more experienced lawyers and the law students and young lawyers. Uh, like any technical or website operation, and particularly uh, when you're dealing with an entity the size of the ABA with 3,500 mm-hmm. working groups, you're going to have issues. And we have had some uh, issues with login speeds, uh, which we believe we've pretty much corrected. We've made the fix for that, and we've pretty much corrected. We've also had some issues with registration Mm -hmm. for our meetings and with purchasing books, and we think we have fixed that plug going forward. We are working day and night to make sure we get it right. It's a key part of our roll out of our new membership model, uh, and we're confident that we're going to find the solutions in a timely fashion to move this forward and to roll this completely out uh, in a timely fashion, recognizing, of course, that it's like any any website, any vehicle, <laughs> any 
instrument. It's going to need maintenance. It's going mm-hmm. to need fine tuning. And we encourage people to let us know if they love it, let us know if they don't, so we can continue to evolve this to make it a better experience. And we have been encouraging people to contact our call center. Actually, I've been telling people they can call me <laughs> to let me know if there's an issue. If you have a problem as an individual, it's a, pro- it's a big problem to you. Uh, and we're, we're sensitive to that. But any big, really big problem system-wide, we're going to fix that first. And we're going to move systematically through each one and make mm-hmm. sure we've got this right. One of the consultants we hired yesterday said, if, you, if everything's a priority, you don't have any priorities. Right. And we're going to make sure it works. But if you, if you have an issue, certainly I encourage people free, free to get in touch with me. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Well, I hope you don't regret that invitation. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be one of them, I promise. <laughs> to, to move to a subject we discussed a little before, we talked about immigration courts. But in general, over the last year, I've seen more lawyers upset with what's been going on with immigration and uh, going on with people trying to get in this country and the separation of families. I've never seen lawyers so agitated about a single issue other than perhaps freedom of the press this year and rule of law. Um, But what would you have to say to lawyers about the immigration issues that we've been facing recently? Well, it doesn't matter what side of the the room you fall on in terms of what you think the solution is to immigration. What we have is a a situation where rule of law and due process is in jeopardy uh, with those people seeking asylum, whether they're unaccompanied minors, they're adults seeking asylum, or families with their children separated from their family members. And we've been working very hard to try to address this for some time. We, the ABA has three separate and distinct uh, operations with respect to uh, immigration that are uh, overseen by our Commission on Immigration and our good staff in Washington who deal directly with immigration. One is ProBar in South Texas, which has nearly 100 staffers, including lawyers, paralegals, and support staff, primarily working with detained children, but also with adults. The other is the Immigration Justice Project in San Diego, which works with detained adults. And the final is the Children's Immigration Law Academy in Houston, which is a legal resource center for lawyers who want to help. And we've been trying to provide pro bono opportunities for lawyers. But as you imagine, after the crisis, particularly the family separation crisis, plenty of people wanted to volunteer to help. But there's certain skill set that you need to do that. And we're trying to coordinate those skill sets. In fact, just this week, uh, in cooperation and partnership with the American Bar Endowment, the ABA and the ABE entered into an agreement where we accepted a $150,000 opportunity grant from the American Bar Endowment on a one-time basis to hire a pro bono coordinator to help with the work on the border. So that person will go to work fairly soon here. We're going to identify the right person, put them in the right place, and then they're going to start screening lawyers who want to help. So we get those lawyers to the right place doesn't have to necessarily be on the border because anybody that gets paroled into this country after a credible fair hearing on asylum or an unaccompanied children is released, their immigration cases follow them to other parts of the country. And so we are going to screen pro bono help around the country and make it as efficient as possible so that we get the right lawyers to help the people who need help. If you're coming to the border, it helps if you're bilingual. It really helps if you have immigration experience. But we're working hard every day to make sure that we pair the right people up 
with people who need assistance, and we're going to move forward. And this is a very exciting development that we're thrilled about, and I think we're going to take some big steps. We have advocated for due process. We've advocated for pro bono representation, for representation of indigent asylum seekers. We filed amicus briefs where necessary. We're continuing to, wherever we have policy on this issue from our House of Delegates, we're continuing to work that issue every day. Is there anything else, Bob, you want to say about the, the ABA's pro bono efforts in, in general and instead of just immigration? Uh, first of all, in the last 18 months, we've had a series of natural disasters nationwide. I mean, from Virgin Islands to American Samoa and everywhere in between. And we, the, the ABA's Young Lawyers Division has had a longstanding memorandum of understanding with FEMA to provide assistance pro bono coordination efforts in areas that are declared natural disasters to assist them with filing their FEMA claims and their FEMA appeals and to assist with landlord-tenant issues, sometimes insurance issues, that sort of thing on a pro bono basis. We developed a Katrina rule in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina and its impact on Louisiana and South Texas where we've encouraged the highest courts in each state to allow non-barred lawyers to do pro bono work to assist people who are victims of a natural disaster. We developed a program called ABA Free Legal Answers, which allows you to provide that kind of uh, disaster assistance, but also other uh, answer other pro bono questions, legal questions, literally from your phone, from your desktop. So we're we're excited about what we're doing. Uh, we had a great pro bono week this year. The theme was disaster resiliency, disaster preparedness. Our honorary chair was Justice Elena Kagan. Uh, we had a interview with her that was broadcast on C-SPAN and then picked up by YouTube. We did it at uh, Georgetown Law School and talked about her experiences when she was dean of Harvard in creating pro bono efforts and her encouraging lawyers, lawyers and law students to take up the mantle. So it's very exciting stuff. It sure is. And for our last topic, I want to turn to lawyer wellness. And I serve on the lawyer wellness committee for the State Bar of Virginia. And a shout out to uh, our president, Len Heath, who has done a marvelous job of bringing this to the attention of Virginia lawyers. But what are we doing at the ABA level? Because it's clear we have one heck of a problem. It is a problem. And what we have done in response to the uh, report that was co-sponsored by the American Bar Association and the Betty Ford Hazelden Foundation that delivered us a report of very startling statistics with respect to the impact uh, on the lawyer population of substance abuse and of depression and anxiety and of suicide. Last year, Hillary Bass, my predecessor, started a working group on lawyer wellness. And that working group a very small group that includes uh, COLAP, uh, Commission on Lawyer Assistance Program folks. It includes uh, practicing lawyers and the vice chair or the co-chair of the committee is uh, the vice president of ALPS, which is the largest direct writer of legal malpractice in this country. We wanted to have everybody at the table. We've participated in programs involving character and fitness admission uh, bodies in each state with the chief justices of each state to shine a light on this situation. There's programming here this week. We did a program this morning in conjunction with the National Conference of Bar Presidents uh, to identify what we've done. We've created a toolkit that's on our website under the Commission on Lawyer Assistance Programs that's linkable, downloadable, printable, shareable, 
Use it at your <laughs> law firms. Use it at your state and local bar associations. Uh, use it in your communities. Um, has great tips on the path to wellness geared towards lawyers. Uh, we also have a pledge, a wellness pledge, that we're asking law firms and legal employers to sign. And right now, we've gone over 70 law firms and legal employers. Some of the largest law firms in the country have signed off, and there's one law firm, five lawyers in Butte, Montana, that signed the pledge. <laughs> so we are, we are talking it. about this. Um, this is personal. It's personal because we've all lost friends to either substance abuse or to the effects of anxiety and depression. We've had less family members. Maybe they're lawyers, maybe they're not. I've personally lost family members to both, and uh, we've lost lawyers in Montana to both. And we need to, it's an epidemic, and we need to find a way to get a cure. And the one way you do that is you bring it out in the open, and you talk about it, and you tell people if they need help, get help, and we're here to help you get help. If you see somebody in need, make sure they get help. Well, thank you for that. I know we all appreciate the ABA's efforts. And before we close out for today, our last question is, if, if listeners would like to follow up, how can they reach you? Well, they can reach me at bcarlson at cpklawmt.com, and they can reach me at ABA president. Mm -hmm at AmericanBar.com, AmericanBar, sorry, .org, sorry about that. <laughs> and they can follow me on Twitter at ABA President. Well, we've reached the end of the road for today's episode. I want to thank President Carlson for joining us today. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, rate, and review us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.